and we are back uh, with Dusty. But we're back. It's been a it's been a rough twenty four hours. Hello, Lachlan. Hello, uh, the Matthew. Grin, we are back. The grin has not come off your your face. Uh, I'm pretty sure you slept with a coat hanger in your mouth. You've been uh, you've been smiling all all bloody night. Congratulations, my friend, and uh, congratulations to the Penrith Panthers, the uh, 2021 NRL premiers. Thank you, Matthew. I can confirm that winners are in fact grinners. Yes, yes, they are. In fact, I, I can by the look on your face. Um, yeah, look, a couple of beers were consumed last night. A, uh, a FaceTime was shared between uh, yourself and myself, and um, I'm pretty sure I woke up every single neighbour within uh, within a three or four block radius. So um, uh, yeah, I was quite loud. You were quite loud. Uh, I can't imagine what it was like at your house. Oh my goodness. Yes, it was insane. That that FaceTime between yourself and me was probably the last thing I remember for the night um, before waking up this morning <laughs> to. Yeah, yeah. F- yeah, but still okay. feeling fresh. Oh, feeling fresh. I mean, a premiership does that, right? Premiership has it, has it sunk in yet, my friend? Not yet, not yet. I do think it'll take a little bit. Last night, this, not just last night, the stress of the last three weeks of the finals may have been rough. Like yeah, they, so could, they couldn't of have that, made it as hard. Like they couldn't have made it any harder. Yeah, hundred percent. And speaking of that, that you're officially one and three when you listen to your balls. So, um, well, you know what. My balls Bad have balls. led me astray in the past, so you know maybe they'll continue <laughs> with that trend. I've been telling you for years to stop listening to your dick, stop listening to your balls, and just mm, you know go just, with yeah. it. Listen to your gut, <laughs> um, mate. What a what a fucking game. Uh, Welcome, welcome! Obviously, back to to fifth and dribble. We're gonna get all of the all the shit out of the way. Find us at uh, at fifth and dribble on uh, Instagram and Twitter, um, anchor.fm slash fifth and dribble. If you want to leave us a little message, now that that's all out of the way, let's just let's just sit back, let's relax, let's talk about what a game of football we watched. Um, as I said, a few few beers were had, so not too many notes were taken, but it's that fresh in the There's mind. Only one like note that made, matters. Yeah, the that's it. That's the only note that matters. 14-12. 14-12. What a bloody game. Um, it, and I don't know about you, but when halftime rolled around, I was like, what the fuck? That was 40 minutes. Oh, like, that was exactly shit. how I felt. Like, I remember the the Storm game was mm. was the complete other extreme. I felt it had been 40 minutes. I looked down, it had been six. Yeah. And this one, yep. and then, I mean, the Eels game wasn't as bad. It, it was still quite slow. But this one was just, all of a sudden it was halftime, and I was like, holy fuck, like... How has this yeah. happened? Yeah, the only reason that I knew it was halftime is because of the six empty beer bottles that were in front of me. Mm, everyone I was, everyone uh, else I've, went up to go for a piss and then I was like, oh, okay, it's halftime, awesome. But yeah, it was just <laughs> one of those. It, just, it, was, it wasn't high scoring, but it was still fast paced. And that's, yeah, what I, that's what I want the NRL to kind of look at and see that even it doesn't have to be 20 tries scored for, for it to be a quick, fast game. Yeah. It can still be yeah. fast and it can still be slow and still be a great game. Yeah, yeah. I mean... Um, before we before we get into anything else, I just want to uh, take my hat off to uh, the refereeing team last night. Uh, it was the best ref game of rugby league I've ever seen. Short, there was still a bit of uh, a bit of shit that I didn't agree with, like the amount of six agains that that the Rabbitohs were getting versus what Penrith were getting when the Rabbitohs were Mate, just as slow the to get doesn't off the ball. Doesn't matter though. Doesn't matter. Give that's us a it. handicap. Doesn't matter. Give us the handicap, but that's but that's what I'm saying. Like they they swallowed the whistles at the right time. They blew the whistle at the right time. I think it only ended up being like two or three penalties each. Mm-hmm. Um, it was yeah, it was it was fantastic. It was such a good game to watch from uh, from where to go, and a lot of that had to go down to the refereeing. Yeah, I mean I've seen a few people complain that you know oh they ref it one way in the regular season, then it gets to Origin, it gets to Grand Finals, and they kind of put the whistle away. Either way, people are going to complain. Oh, yeah, like, that's like, it. If, if, if they don't put the whistle away, then they, there'll be complaints of, oh, they're making it about them. Let let the boys play. Like We're trying yeah. to ref all this out of the game. And if they don't blow the whistle, then it's, why aren't you blowing the whistle? It yeah, just exactly. Seems, it just seems as so said, stupid. You as you, you said, like, that was, I, I felt like it was a really well ref game. Like I mean, normally when you watch a game that your team is in, you can have a handful of things you think went against you when they shouldn't have. There's probably only two things I thought in the moment that were like, not ideal. Yeah, um, 100%. but then if you have a look back after, you think, ah, oh, fuck it, it's a fifty-fifty call. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, I think the one, the only one real big thing for contention was the Spencer Lee new tackle. See, I don't um, think so at all. Like, I, I mean, even before this, I think charge downs. If you, yeah, you get to the charge down, it shouldn't be six again if the other team gets the ball. It shouldn't yeah, count 100%. as a knock on. Like he was clearly making 
an effort to stop the kick. Like, it's last tackle. Like, of course he's got yeah. a fucking kick. Like, I don't understand what people had wanted there. Yeah, I think it's a weird uh, discretion of the rule, whether it's, you know, making a tackle or, or going for the charge well, down. I, because I, think I, I understand if you're playing at the ball on a passing situation, then cool, that can be six again. But you're right, it's not, it's not playing at the ball in order to, to gain or maintain field position. It's playing at the ball to apply pressure. You know, it was last time he was going to find kick it. Yeah, exactly. And, and if that results in you getting the ball, it results in you getting the ball. And if you don't want someone to get to you before you kick the ball, kick the fucking ball. Or <laughs> have, have a wall. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, we'll have a wall. Well, I mean, that's one thing we'll probably get to at some point. The kick pressure from South was non existent. Woeful. I don't understand. Fucking I, atrocious. I don't know if. Surely that's not part of the game plan, right? Like, surely... Nah. Like, I mean, it's been pretty pretty clear that a good way to get under Cleary's skin and to make him feel uncomfortable and to put him on the back foot is to put that kick pressure on. And I can't yeah. believe someone as good as Wayne would go out there and say, well, we're not going to kick pressure. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if he tried to double bluff and think, well, if we don't do it, they're going to expect it. It's going to put him off their game even more. Yeah, so I think that's the way that he was rolling with it, so that whenever they did make a concerted effort and charge at it, then they would have seen, you know, the big boys like Isaiah Yo getting in front and all that kind of stuff out of the ruck and uh, quote-unquote protecting. But mm. um, it just it didn't happen. also did that and too, by the way. Yeah, South <laughs> did it just as much. I'm not saying that they didn't. But, um, yeah, look... Uh, uh, we said at the beginning of the game it was going to come down to whether uh, whether Adam Reynolds could kick or not. He still wasn't uh, 100%, I don't think. Um, he looked, to me, he looked about 80%. Um, he was still obviously able to slot over goals and stuff like that, but you're right. Once the pressure came and he was putting in some some pretty uh, questionable kicks, um, it, yeah, it was just... It was, it was a little bit hard to watch if you're a South fan in terms of that because it just looked like... Um, even though Penrith had been playing those grinded out games for the last three weeks, two or three weeks, um, they still had way more energy. And and you touched on this uh, on the episode on our last episode where you said, you know, coming in with a little bit of an easy win against uh, against Manly and against uh, what, well, and then having the week off. I'm sorry. Um, it just it, it doesn't prepare you for big moments like this. And I think I think Penrith, you know, they they nutted up. Mm. And that and that's been the story all week. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think that's what it is. Like, and Penrith have have now hopefully, even if they haven't fucking proved all proved all the naysayers wrong. Yeah, they 100%. they won with hard work, determination, and grit, and just they just played so hard. And as you said, they were just so fit. They just kept coming off the line. They missed a lot of tackles though. I think they missed yeah. something like forty or fifty tackles as a team. Um, whereas yep. South only lo- only missed 20 but it was just the fact that it was like somebody even though they missed the tackle and I know missed tackles are a bit of like a skewed kind of stat when you look at it like Campbell Graham mm. doesn't get a missed tackle for Matt Burton like walking in untouched but if you make first contact but it, it was goes, his assignment yeah but if you don't if you don't win the first contact you get a missed tackle um, yeah, and I think exactly. with Penrith the key is that the first contact they may not always win it outright but they slow the offensive player down enough and then there's so mm. much scramble and so much desperation um, mm. and that's what mm. it was and you saw a few times because clearly I think he had nine missed tackles by himself but they were funneling that left edge into him and he was kind of yeah. making that first hit obviously besides when he got oost by Cody Walker um, he oh, was kind he of got he got big oost but um, he also won so there's that uh, yeah. he, uh, <laughs> he, he, I'd rather get oost and then I be weighed rather, down by a premiership ra- yeah. ring than, uh, and the than not get oost at all yeah exactly yeah, and the sometimes, oh, sometimes oh, you get oost Sometimes you just yeah. get us, mate. Um, yeah. But yeah, so he was hitting that first contact and, you know, Capewell and Momorowski were coming across to cover. And I mean, that that's kind of their defensive thing where it's like they just put their put themselves in the way, slow it down and trust that a teammate's going to get there. Mm, exactly. Exactly. And, and a bit of a shout out to Paul Momorowski. He, he showed me a bit this game where he, he can uh, back up in defense and he had a, had a really good few runs mm. um, when Panthers were starting to get jammed down in their half toward mm. the second half there. Uh, he had some really great second phase play where Toto or, or somebody would get a, an offload out and he would have a few scampers. So, um, yeah, what, I mean, what a great story for him as well. Being shipped off to the Tigers last year because the Storm were like, ah, oh, we don't really need you. And then signing that deal to Penrith and, um, yeah, just absolutely, absolutely killing it this year. Um, I mean, imagine coming from the Western Australian player. Tigers to getting yourself a ring. Yeah, 100%. Um, 
I'll always hate Momorowski a little bit, but because when he was playing for the Tigers, he uh, he put a hat trick on my Cowboys at a game that I was at at Leichhardt Oval. I think and, everyone, uh, everyone's put a hat trick on your Cowboys at some point. No, not everyone. <laughs> but not everyone. Uh, he has impressed me, Paul. He's he's been really good. I mean, I was a bit hesitant at the start of the year, but I think like he's been fantastic in the centres there. And as you said, he takes those runs out of trouble now. He's just mm. strong. And he's always there mm. off the offload. He backs up. He's not the most skillful or like talented guy, but he works hard. And I think that fits well with this team. Mm. And um, mm. yeah, I, I wasn't sure if he was going to be a long-term piece for this team, but I think he will be. And he's so versatile as well. Yeah, exactly. And talking about versatility, um, what a call by TPJ to to you know basically hand those minutes to Spencer Lino, who who did deserve it. Like it's not like a it's not like a, I'll take one for the team kind of thing, but. Spencer Linu with the defensive play of the game and he just um, so, to, and just, to just keep the pressure on. And those runs he took were fantastic. Like, we were talking to yeah. a friend of the show, Luke, um, on the last pod, and um, he, he played with Spence back in the day and said how excited he was for this game. And, I mean, Spence just came out and bowled. He yeah, just, speaking of friend of the show, Luke, he was sending plenty of uh, glory, glory <laughs> shit. And then as soon as as soon as the hoodle went, man was in a mm. man was in an old school Penrith jersey. Mate, so I, yeah, it's don't know what the fuck that's about, Luke. <laughs> you can't but, win them all, uh, mate. Yeah, it just put you on blast a little bit there, and you deserve it. You deserve it. None mate. of this bandwagon bullshit. Um, but yeah, it, Spencer Linu was so good, and I mean just. Week after week after week, this Penrith team has proved that they are the defensive juggernaut of the league. Like, I, I don't know if you were watching on Channel 9 or not, but Joey said, um, you know, that the way that Penrith beat you is they win in the first two tackles and, you know, they put in tremendous kick pressure and then win the first two tackles so that, to the point where they've won the entire set. Like, they put you on your back. You can't get quick plays of the ball. It was just, it was phenomenal to watch. And yeah, I agree. And um, and their kick pressure is fantastic when Cleary kicks. He gives his chases mm. so much time. The ball just hangs in the air and it drops down just before the try line. And like, what mm. can you do? Like, we saw the one where Paulo caught it and got absolutely demolished oh, by kick out. Like, rip that. Like, and we saw Taff a few times catch it deep and just kind of have to go to ground with it and still get dragged back by Momorowski, by Luai. Like, it's fantastic. When Luai kicks, the first guy there is Cleary. When Cleary kicks, yeah. the first guy there is Luai. First. Like, just the intensity that they play at. And those boys, they were just, mm. they, they weren't going to let themselves lose that game after last year. Yeah, hundred percent. And 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 the big worry going into this week was did they already play their grand final uh, against the Storm last week? And and as I said, like the back to back to back weeks of pressure and the back to back to back weeks of having to, you know, be there for each other defensively, it just it just proved to to the Panthers' credit that their their pressure is just insane. Their defensive pressure is insane. And and yeah, on your point about Cleary's kicking game, like that. That in itself, not only is he the greatest halfback in our game right now, but his his kicking game is so pinpoint that as soon as he put that first kick up, I was like, well, there's the Churchill right there. Because Especially if you don't just, kick pressure him. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's as you said, it's centimetre, it's inch perfect. And... Um, the, the amount of forced dropouts that he had and, and like he just didn't he didn't make a mistake he did not make a mistake last night and it was it was just so so damn good to watch um, now look we can we can gag on Penrith all we like but but I mean South I mean, had I, a really I good to, don't worry yeah <laughs> South, South also played quite well I mean and that, and that's the beauty like you've got to have two really good teams to be in the grand final right so mm. South played really well too like shout out to uh, to uh, Cody Walker um, he he had a killer of a game. I think that he's kind of um, given up that narrative that he doesn't show up in big games. I think he had a really good game, as you said, absolutely. Ust Cleary and and whenever they looked dangerous, it was off a, off the back of a passage of play of what Walker was doing. Um, sure, he uh, he made the Panthers look dangerous too with that. I was going to uh, say, yeah, he had a fantastic try assist to Stephen Crichton there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, and we'll get to that in a sec, but. Um, but yeah, I just think, it, and, and the big boys up front, regardless of whether they were fatigued or not, you know, you saw a lot of big hits from Keon. Guy obviously was throwing his head around and, and trying to, um, you know, put on this kind of pressure that, that was going to win them games, but then kind of was to their detriment. Burgess had a big game. Like, it, they, they were behind their Titans and it, Penrith were just too good. Just too good in the end. Yeah, I mean, that, that was a big thing for me. The forward pack when they played a few weeks ago of South just came out and were punching well above their weight to, to not only keep up with mm. Penrith, but be on top. Yeah, and I think exactly. I think it was always going to be a hard task to do that again. 
Um, yeah, and yeah just, for sure. And that was it. And especially when you have guys coming off the bench like Kickout and Spencerlinu and Sorensen. Like, how, how do you defend that forward pack? Like, you have to be playing so mm. well. And, like, losing Jairo was crazy. Yeah, um, also, how the fuck does he come back and then get told, actually, no, you have to come back off? If people want to talk about Spencerlinu, we can talk about Jairo. Um, yeah. I don't know what happened <laughs> there, but, you know. Um, yeah, I don't, like, I don't know how that forward pack is supposed to beat them. And that, that's how yeah, South play exactly. so well. They get that speed. And when the forward pack were playing well for South, they were looking so good. Cam Murray was making meters. They were spreading left. Mm. Um, I think mm. the right-hand side of, of Penrith's defense were insane. Like, Momorowski made, like, 20 tackles at center. That's not something yeah. that, like, has to happen. And, you know, anytime they ran at Cleary, he read that beautifully and kind of kind of came over to cover and knew what he was doing, trying to shut it down on the, the wing, except for that one time on the line. Um, but, yeah. I mean, that, that's the best offensive edge in the comp. How can you, like, to, to keep that down to one try with a backline play and then a try by Cody Walker, who's having a fantastic season, like, that's, that's yeah. pretty good defense. Yeah, exactly. And, and not to mention, you know, it, on top of that, they just kept level heads the entire game. Mm. Like, as I said, there was only... There were three penalties to... Um, uh, conceded by Penrith, sorry, and then two penalties conceded by uh, the Bunnies. So, you know, the fact that... Um, I mean, there were a couple of six agains and, and they were the more questionable ones to me, but to keep your level head and, and not let this Bunnies team that likes to turn the screws as much as Penrith mm. likes to turn the screws um, to, to not giving up penalties and, and applying that pressure not only offensively... But defensively was was something else for sure yeah i mean it's just i'm just going to always come back to that defensive intensity yeah that's how they play and it's just it's going to be it's going to be really good to see how they come back next year and play with like without the pressure on them like Mm. this year all year it's been okay you can win in the regular season that's fine but can you win when it matters you lost last year and no matter what they do next year if they come out of the gates and they kind of have a hard time because, you know, half their team's having surgery next week and yeah. um, they're, they're losing a few key pieces in uh, Capewell, TPJ, Burton, things like that, I think that they yeah. can still back themselves now and kind of be like, look, we've been there last year, we won it, um, we earned that respect, we've got that experience. Well, touching on that lightly, you're right, they do miss a few key pieces, but I think out of these two teams, I think the Rabbitohs are the ones that get worse the most, obviously. Like, you've got... Sure, you've got the defensive juggernaut in Kurt Capewell that's going and, and, you know, you're losing a guy like Burton who's been an absolute uh, emergent this year. Mm. But you can find a strike strike centre. You can find, you know, a guy that can that can play second row for you and, and die well, I mean, Ma- Martin's going to come off the center. bench and start and he's, he's an origin back row, you know what I mean? Like Exactly, exactly. It's a, it's a happy place to be, but you can't find a a top three seven in the league mm. you know what I mean you, you can't find a, a dang guy that comes in week in week out and, and dies for your team you know who, who are you going to replace on that on that left edge because dang guy does a, as much on that left edge as what someone like Cody Walker does so no, I agree I think I think they're all they're all more they're, the hole is more than some of the parts on that left edge 100%. Um, and those parts are pretty fucking good, so that's why that left edge yeah. is so good, especially when yeah. the trail is there. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I think Adam Reynolds is a massive, massive loss for them, and I think you saw, like, I think last week that big that big win against Manly kind of covered up a lot. Um, yeah. Be, yeah, just it just did, and I mean, they didn't look as dangerous as what they could have. Like, if Adam Reynolds was healthy last week, they would put a hundred on Manly. Yeah, 100%. and I think this week, if Adam Reynolds is healthy, they probably they probably win. Like, like yeah, there was just possibly, was something yeah. wrong, and he just gives them so much more. He makes them so much more dynamic on that right edge, and it gives them, yeah. it gives them so many more plays they can run. Whereas I don't, we yeah. don't know who's going to be the starting halfback next year, and yeah, there's not many exactly. teams that we've gone well. We don't know who's going to start at halfback next year, and then they go on to be really good teams. Yeah, I mean, after talking to Luke last week, I, I think I'd be a little bit interested to see Taff in there rather than uh, Omer Ilias. I mean, I know that Ilias is the one that's coming through and, and everyone's excited to see him, but if Taff's a better seven than what he is what he is a one... Well, how would you say God, to Latrell, good seven, how would you say to Latrell going back to left centre and Taff staying at fullback? Oh... That, I don't think Latrell ever dangerous. does that, but you know, I, I, mean, I don't think Latrell does that. Latrell loves to run off the ball the way that he's doing it yeah. now. He he wants to be that that baby GI. Um, so mm. yeah, it, it, I don't think it happens, but it, it would be. I think you, it would I be think you have a bit of a hard time because they they need to fit Taff in that team somehow. 
Yeah. And it depends what happens with Benji, who starts at seven. I mean, they got. Um, I mean, I assume they're still getting the milf. Um, depending what yeah. happens with his his off season stuff. Yeah. Um, but I mean, they have to fit Taff in there somewhere, whether it is fourteen or whether they start him in the halves. I don't know. I just I don't know how mm. Cody Walker goes, being the guy in the halves. Yeah. Like not having someone yeah. else just take that little bit of pressure off because we saw like he's known as a grub he was a grub last night mm. Um, mm. that dude could start a fight in an empty room mate like it's 100%. fucking ridiculous like <laughs> all, he, all he needs is a mirror he threw, he threw that intercept and clearly gave him a little bit of good work to get I'm assuming and then Cody Walker kind of didn't like that they got into it a little bit like he, he can't be doing that yeah. like I get yeah. that you're passionate and you're aggressive and it's not but if you're the, if you're the half that makes things happen and people can, All those decisions, and people can yeah. get under your skin like that it's not gonna work like no nah, you're right you know you're I mean? 100% right especially when you've got young guys coming Ex- in exactly. underneath you, like you he's, know? He's, when you've got 19 to 22 year olds that are that are there um, as you said he's grown a lot this year under Benji um, mm. and, and under the tutelage obviously of Wayne Bennett but yeah, I think you're bang on the money he's he's still got a lot of growing to do mm, I, I, I would probably next year I don't know what Jason Demetrio is going to want to do in the halfback wise. I don't know what Benji's going to want to do, but I'd probably go Benji. And I, like he'd be the first choice halfback for me next year. I mean, yeah, well, even I heard, even for the first few games. Mm, mm, I heard. With the, oh, I heard there's a team in Queensland that's uh, looking to uh, to take on his uh, talents. So, but I think I think if it's Benji, he sticks around in South Sydney. I think he stays sure. in he's, Sydney. I think we, we touched he's, on this. He's become a cult hero there. Yeah, uh, and in overnight, yeah. basically in in a season. And, and, and we kind of touched on this the other week, talking about Benji. I think he stays in Sydney. That's where he wanted to go. He he had plenty of offers to mm. go to the Broncos. You know for this season yeah. but he chose to stay there so he can do his media commitments I think if he does he'll stay he might play one more year maybe it's a case yeah. of like you start the season at half back you see how Ilias goes you see how Taft goes you see what Walker does what Milf does and then we kind of like if we bring you back make you more of a coach then there you go yeah I'm phase yeah, just a little bit there and yeah talking about what the Bunnies are losing I mean you, you had it there before Demetrio over, over Bennett I just that's going to be interesting to see next year. I, they're still a top eight team, obviously. All the talent mm. on the roster, just the, the basically on paper by itself, they they walk into the top eight. But this is not going to be the same outfit. Yeah, I, th- I think um, I think they're going to I think they're going to be a top six team. I think they'll still be competitive. I think I think they'll still do yeah. well against the lower teams. They'll put those teams away. But um, even even this year, and I mean, it's been it's been a trait they've had the last few years where like if the game's not kind of going their way, they kind of switch off. So yeah. they, they don't really lose by small amounts. They lose by 20. They lose by 50. You know what I mean? Like, they're not kind yeah, of, yeah. like, in it to grind it out. And that's impressed me the last, like, the last Penrith game and last night. Um, yeah. But, I mean, I don't know how much of that they have next year. Losing Wayne, losing a guy who can steer your team around the park in Adam Reynolds, and losing a guy like Gagai. He's so sound defensively on that edge. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Let's just run through, I mean, a big old, big old segue there, but let's come back full circle. I want to do a quick run through the game and I want, I want to hear the emotion and what was going through your mind at the time. I know it's hard to remember <laughs> after all those beers, but I want to hear the emotion. I want, to hear, I want to hear what you were feeling at the time. So first 30, well, first 40 even, absolute grind, well, right? Absolute grind. Yeah, that, that was the thing. Go the on. first 30 or first 40 went so well. Like, everybody, like, it just all of a sudden was over. It was kind of like they were getting good possession. Um, Birdo scored off that great backline play. Um, yep. Cody Walker scored just before the end of... Just after. Yeah, just so after, at, yeah. At the 20th minute. Yeah, yep. so he scored and played well. And then I was just kind of like, this is going to be back and forth the entire game. Yeah, you're right. Grind was a great word. Subs were on pretty early. South got mm. fucked around a bit with a couple of HIAs. Um mm. Yeah, I don't, there, there wasn't really a lot going on. It was just kind of tense and, and no one kind of could get the upper hand and it was kind of back and forth. I think possession was pretty even too by the time we got to yeah. half-time. Um, yeah, even, even with all the pressure that Penrith were giving. It just came giving. in waves, you know, like Penrith had it for a while yeah. and South had it for a while, then it was back and forth and it was kind of just like, this next 40 is going to be so influential. Whoever can come out of the halves revved up, ready to go. That's why I was a bit worried. I thought Wayne could get these guys tuned up coming out of the half. And I thought if they score, yeah. if they score a quick try here, Penrith might be in trouble. Yeah, hundred um, percent. A fantastic choice by uh, by the cooler heads in Penrith to uh, to take the two and get the ball back with a few minutes left um, in the in the first half. I think it was about eight minutes left in the first mm-hmm. half. 
Um, and, and as you said, it all was predicating on what the next 10 minutes after halftime was going to tell. And, and South came out and they were rearing. They came out with the same confidence that Penrith had in the first 10 minutes um, and, and tied it up pretty quickly. Did, you, did your heart sink when that happened? Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, because you could see it happening. And they hadn't really got... Yeah. They didn't really get a chance to go left that often. Because normally yeah. it kind of got pulled down where they where they tried to go left. Momorowski came up, kind of shut it down, and they forced them back right. And it was an error, mm. or it was... They couldn't get back across to run it. As soon as they were yeah. in the red zone, ready to attack left, you just had a bad feeling. Um, yeah. And, I mean, normally I'm, I'm not a massive fan of, of the early two. And, I mean, just before halftime, it's not really early. And, I mean, it's a grand final and a grind. It's different. In regular season, yeah. the early two, I'm normally like, fuck it try and go for yeah. it do it if you don't get it it is what it is um whereas i just think the mentality of this team is just so crazy different when they have that lead even if it yeah. is only two points they know we just if we knuckle down here and win like and it was kind of like i was nervous definitely i know we'll get to last 10 in a minute but like the last 10 kind of felt so much different just being up that two compared to it would have been like if it was a draw exactly. or down two yeah exactly um well as, as you said, let's keep rolling. So there was a lot of uh, bunnies kept coming out, waves of pressure, waves of pressure. There was, I've, I've jotted down here that there were plenty of six agains in, in the early 60 minutes um, and, and Walker looked like he had all the influence over the game. And then your boy, the man who's going to get a statue in Mount Druitt after this <laughs> intercept, he... He reads the line perfectly. As you said, they're trying to go left, they're trying to go left, and, and your right side defense shifts so well, and Critter just plucks it out of the air. Absolutely beautiful intercept and, and sealed the premiership. Like, from, from there, you could feel that, like, I'm, I'm sure your balls, who are one and three, I'm sure they were tingling <laughs> they after were tingling, that one. They were tingling, mate. Everything they was tingling. Don't tingling. you worry. Yeah. But, um, um, and it just proves that, like, we've got... This, this is what you've been saying week in, week out. You want Critter to be aggressive you want him to be you know baby gi you want him to be baby latrell whatever you want to call it you want him to to have that go forward and and he proved it last night and and it's easy to say when it pulls off but you know if he misses that penrith are hard pressed to stop johnson there in that space especially Mm. with cody walker on the inside with gagai as well like like it's almost a certain try or definitely puts him in a good position to score off the next couple tackles and i would have been all right if it hadn't pulled off as you said i like mm-hmm. that aggression apparently he's been he's been watching tape on that edge all like all week that's all he's been doing training wise they know he's in the bed he's, he's a specimen look at the dude like he doesn't need to fucking yeah. train what so like <laughs> he's just been watching tape he's been trying to get the timing on that and see how they do it and it's been really amazing to watch him develop as a footballer like he's mm-hmm. played out of mm-hmm. position most of the year like he, he mm-hmm. grew up as a right center his best position in NRL so far has been left center and he's out here playing right wing like, do yeah. you know what I mean? Like, and he's played played lot, lots at fullback, key games at fullback. It's just been crazy yeah. to watch him develop. He's always had the physical skills and the tools and everything he's always needed. But the kind of mental yeah. aspect of it, like, okay, I need to be aggressive now. That's going to be really cool yeah. to watch because he doesn't have to be aggressive all the time. It's hard to hard to sustain that. I do get that, especially yeah. you know in playing certain positions. But the fact that he he came looking for the ball a few times in the center of the field, he'd take that second or third hit up. And he would stay around there. He, yeah. he, he wouldn't then go retreat to the wing. He was looking for the ball. He was there for offloads. And, I mean, I'm hoping next year he just takes this confidence. Because, you know, people said it was kind of a myth after he got that big contract. Yeah. But um, it's just... Yeah, exactly. and, and speaking of Mount Drew, it's just awesome to see everyone everyone cheering. Like, I don't know if you saw the videos on socials and stuff of everyone going crazy, like... Outside Romy's house. Outside Romy's house, outside Wayland, yeah. outside Mount Druid. And, like, it's just... Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I remember, for, like... I was talking to the old man about this. Being a kid, no one was a Penrith fan. If you're from nah. that West, you're an Eels fan, or you know, you claim the whole like, oh, my dad was a Roosters fan, so now I'm a Roosters fan, or my dad was a South fan, so now I'm a South fan, or you're a dog like you and you go for North Queensland. Hey, well, no. <laughs> but no. Hey, hey, my my mum was a dogs fan, and I didn't want to be associated with that club. So you know, you got to give me a little bit. I'd rather be a dogs bit. fan than a North Queensland fan, brother. Well. Um, uh, even even around that time with the uh, the whole allegations that were going on. Yeah, even around then. In the early 2000s. Yeah, it is what it sure? is. Yeah, you move on. Oh, we well. move on. <laughs> the family club, brother. <laughs> but I mean, that's painful. Be, being a kid, no one was a pet. It wasn't cool to be a Penrith fan. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, nah. it wasn't. It wasn't even like it was uncool. It just was like. It, it was. Mate, I can I can completely attest to this because uh, my my stepdad, you know him. 
Old Rod. Rodney. Hey, big Rodney. He uh, he came into my life when uh, when I was about seven or eight, and um, and he was a Panthers fan. And I remember thinking, what the fuck? No one goes for Penrith. Mm. You have to be like the biggest Westie Yobbo to go for Penrith. Like it was the it was the out the back track team. Like no one no one cared about them. They they just scrapped. They you know you had you had the likes of. Um, Oh, can't he, like like Gower and whatnot, like just all just of those, Gower, uh, you know, Gerds, Nullavow, like yeah, all, like, yeah, exactly, like petrol seven cents a liter, like you just, <laughs> you know, it was, it you just had these out and out dog guys that you didn't really think about that that, um, yeah, you just you had to be, it, it was almost like you had to be a dog like them, like it was a dog eat dog kind of yeah, it just breed of people, and it means I'm a. Like being around the area now, obviously um, um, li- living back with the fam, but like you're just driving around yesterday, or drive around, sorry, Sunday, um, before the game, every second or third person was in a Panthers jersey, Panthers colours yeah. on, had the hat, had the scarves. There were houses down Emu Plains in Penrith, further east, with just like just big cardboard cutout heads of Cleary and Tor, or yeah, all the yeah. letterboxes had streamers and balloons and shit, and it's just like, like no one used to be like people don't understand right like so like we're obviously from out west like everyone growing out west is like an eels fan right like, 100% like no, that's why like fuck nobody the eels. is nobody is a panthers fan like it's so nah. it's so random to find and like you you don't you're not growing up in north sydney going you know what oh actually i kind of like this team whereas like yeah, you grow yeah. up out west oh i kind of like manly i'll go for manly and all this like nobody yeah. was and now it is and they're getting called bandwagons fuck i don't care of every bandwagon, yeah. like if the team's winning, I'll take every bandwagon fan. Like it doesn't matter. And the beauty, the beauty of what you're describing in Penrith, and I mean, I'm, I'm driving, I'm more Parramatta based, but I'm still driving around, and I'm still seeing lots of Penrith flags and and whatnot. The beauty of of what you're describing is, it's a byproduct of what the boys have done. Mm-hmm. Like Romy, Toto, all these young kids, they they've grown up watching LeBron James. You know, they they're watching highlights of Michael Jordan, the Steph Curry, like all these guys at these parades um, in America, and they're Americanizing the sport. And the guru put it put it beautifully the other day. I was listening to one of his podcasts the other day. These boys are coming in there and and just not giving a fuck. And people are like attaching themselves mm-hmm. to that persona mm-hmm. and. And they're running with it too, you know. They're coming in with these big speakers. They're coming in, you know, not caring, dripped out. They, you know, they've got all the chains. They got everything right. It, every single NBA game you watch, it pans to the superstar who is dripped out, hold the massive speaker, mm. like they're just doing their thing, right? Um, you even, you know, you even see Tom Brady getting in and around it with the NFL. <laughs> like he, he gets, and he's the whitest man on earth. And he still gets in and around on it, right? Yeah. So. It, if you can, it, it's about building that culture, and you're right, the, the culture's starting to finally come through, and and people in Penrith, it, they're loving it. They're absolutely they're loving just, it. People just, all over, people over Western Sydney are loving it. You know it. what? Like it's always kind of a superstar comes through to Penrith, and they end up leaving to you know, Cronulla or the Roosters or somewhere that's not. Or they pretend to sign a deal and then sign back to North Queensland. <laughs> yeah, they always, yeah, they're always going somewhere that's not Penrith, right? And these boys have yeah. have spent the last what two three years just saying that this is where they want to be and this is where they yeah. want to they want to kind of start a dynasty. This is where here. they want to grow exactly, and yeah. they're from the area. They still live at home. They're still like, do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, so my my grandparents live in Wayland, which is in Mountie, right? They, yeah. They say that they go down the shops there and then to or Crichton, the May boys. They're just there. They're just shopping they're just with chilling. their family, with their missus, with their yeah. kids. They're just stoked. They're not like they're not pretentious. They're not above it. They're not embarrassed to be where they're from. They're where they're from. Nah, God, and the no. media makes a big deal about it. Like, oh, they came from nothing. This and that. Blah blah blah. And I know they say like they grew up this hard life and all this, but it's like they don't care. They just put it behind them. And that's and that's how they've played the last two weeks, not caring. Mm. And we've said all mm. year that if they want to win the comp, they have to stop giving a fuck. Stop listening yeah, to the just media. Stop doing. Yeah, yeah, play how they play. And if they lose, if they lose playing the way they lose they lose sorry if they lose and playing they lo- the way they, they lost play, their way yeah, but they lose yeah. their way because they're going to win their way yeah. they're not going to win doing it another way exactly and that was a big predicator on why they beat melbourne is um you know guru even said it with us it's 
they showed no respect yeah. and they just went out and they just beat them because they were just another football team um, you know there's been reports this week that Michael Ennis has come out and he said I was never showing respect to Cameron Smith or whatever like I was never playing to his level yeah. he was just a, another guy on the football yeah. field that had the opposing team's jersey on so sure I was slapping him in the face mm. I was pushing him down to the ground I was rubbing some dirt in his eyes like that's just what you do I think he just liked doing that to be fair Yes. Michael he's just a fucking grub. I love Big Ennis. He just likes doing that. Well done. I mean, that's where you and I are, are different. But anyway, getting back to the game. So, as I said, you know, the man's going to get a statue um, in, in Mount Druitt for sure. Um, but the left edge of South Sydney just came out of nowhere. Just they, 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 put, that, they put that play on and, and Johnston kept the dream alive um, going over in the corner um, in, I think it was the 60... Oh, 73rd minute, you know, the 10, minute, 10 minutes in, 10 minutes to go, sorry. And, man, how tight was your butthole? Mate, it was tight. It was tight. And I thought, having Adam Reynolds there kick, like, Jesus. Like, I, was getting, I was getting shades of 2015, I'm not going to yeah, lie. You no, know, one of those, I, I, one of those on, the, on the buzzer tries that, that then, you know, eventually the kick missed. And, and I was thinking, oh, it's, it's setting up here. I know. It is and, setting up here and, for a And it was one. just kind of scary of like, I thought that's where the momentum might change. Like Penrith looking, I don't think gassed is the right word, but they've done so much intense defending for the entire game. And like, yeah. um, and the first time they'd really had any ball down in the red zone, they scored. And they made it look pretty yeah, easy exactly. too, as they do on that left edge. And I was kind of, that's why I was wide, where I thought if this does tie up, does Penrith have mm. enough to not only lift to match the Rabbits, but come over the top? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I mean, it, as I said, the dream, the dream was kept alive. The kick was missed, and the field goal attempt right at the end was short. There was a be- there was and a bees dick in that conversion though. Oh there yeah, was, it, it, it was, was fading back. It just needed another, you know, couple of meters, mate. It was. Yeah, I was I was watching it, and I was as I said, it was Thurston esque. It was coming back. It was coming back. It was coming back, and I was like, oh no, mm. this is this is where it gets and, and it gets really I feel tight. For Adam then, Reynolds yeah, too, like. He obviously wasn't 100%. If he's 100%, he probably kicks that. And it's like going out yeah. the way that he did. Him and Wayne seem to be incredibly close. Um, yeah. So just to me, I think he's probably going to be feeling that hard. Like obviously Cody's going to feel that intercept. But he seems to be the type of guy yeah. who kind of shake that off. And he probably would have thrown that again if it came up in the game. You know what I mean? Whereas like Adam Reynolds, yeah, exactly. I don't want that to stick with him too much. Like That's a, you know, that's a winning play mm. nine times out of ten. It's, it's yeah. only because, as you said, Critter's playing that play. Six foot playing four that play. in his arms, you know, fucking yeah. go-go Yeah, he's playing arms. that play over yeah. in his head over and over yeah. and over. He's not doing any physical training. It's just all it's all getting ready. And, and that's, the, that's the thing. You know, the best players, they, they study the tape. Um, they they do that day in day out. Michael Jordan, you know, studied the most amount of tape than any other basketball player, and mm. and it's proven he's the goat. You know, he's you know he's in that top tier. So, um, yeah, just just what a game. I mean, I don't know about you, but my voice my voice is quite croaky. Yeah, I was, um, I was a lot I'm, worse uh, this I'm morning. sucking on the waters. Yeah, I was gonna yeah, say yeah, su- sucking on the had waters, some waters hardcore. and strepsils this morning. Walking off, boys, it's all right. But um, I mean, I just want to give a shout out to Matt, Matty Burton too, like. Absolutely cracking game. I, I thought he was probably up there with Cleary um, for the Clive. I thought he just yeah. played so well. Like anything coming to the right hand side, him and Luai just shut it down. Like he's such yeah, a good exactly. defender. He's made like and props to Luai, but he's made Luai look like such a good defender. Just having yeah. just being next to him like that. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, 100%. and he came over. He scored that try untouched, and then his just defensive effort to throw Jackson Paulo out. Yeah, like it was yeah. just he had some huge moments, and he he's been so instrumental to this game. And I think the dogs they're so stoked of the season he's had. Like, could you imagine? If, if he and had, they made the right call. And, and I remember at the start of the year when when the dogs were trying to get him, um, Matt Burton was kind of like, "Look, I'll play. I'll do whatever. Like if the club want me to play here and I play reserve grade, I play reserve grade." Like, and I was kind of like, "Okay," but. I'll, a big part of me was worried we'd see like a Ryan Madison kind of situation yeah. where he's kind of dragging his yep. feet or a Mitch Moses and um, and the Eels love a winch don't they but kind of stuff like that where they where he just kind of makes life hard to keep him around but he did yeah, it. He, exactly. he, 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 he was happy to play the first few weeks in reserve grade had a call up uh, moved moved out of position and he's been one of the best centers in the league he might be a center yeah, he might be. He, he might be a centre. Like, it's it's crazy. And I'm curious to see how he goes at six next year. 
Um, yeah. He's only young. Too. He can have a few years at six developing. And, you know, if he goes, you know what, I don't think six is for me, he can move back to centre. He's a premiership winning centre. He's a exactly. Dalian centre exactly. of the year, mate. Like, he's yeah, unbelievable. Dalian centre in the year, and it's questionably his third position, you know, behind the six and behind the one. Like, he's, yeah, exactly. he's just that gifted of a player um, mm. that the the future is certainly very very bright and, and as you said you know you might be looking at the Burton Cleary halves pairing for for New South Wales and for Australia, years mate. and years to come like that, and that could that yeah. could be like that could be the kind of JT Cronk half pairing where it's kind of like yeah. you can't go past that like what yeah like, do you know what I mean that would but, be disgusting and it's like they've got that chemistry already and I know coming into this year my big thing was like I didn't think he'd have the chemistry with the boys Birdo. I thought he's a country yep. boy. Um, him and Isaiah, obviously, from same hometown, same junior club. Um, so yep. I thought he'd at least have that. But him and Luai and Toa, and that whole left edge, just to just... Brotherhood. Like, I mean, Absolute I, mean I saw everyone joking that him and him and Cleary are half Samoa. They should play for Samoa in the World Cup. Like, <laughs> <laughs> maybe somewhere. Please no. Yeah. Please no. <laughs> well, if you see Cleary dancing with the Samoan flag in the dressing rooms. Yeah, I did. Yeah. 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 <laughs> But that's it. The boys don't care. I mean, that's going to be... I can't wait till we chat about that next year, the World Cup. You know how much I love international football, but, you know. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, mate. Birdo's just been crazy. Shout out to him, Capewell. Um, TPJ, who I think deserves a ring as well. Um, yeah, I know he 100%. only played a handful of games, but, man, he... The injection of life he gave to the team, like, mm. he kind of joined the team and helped them remember to not give a fuck. Because TPJ yeah. is notorious for not giving a fuck. Exactly. And you don't, you know, the, the, the words or the, the letters TPJ and, and um, level-headed are not synonymous <laughs> with each other. No. But at the same time, when there's a crazy situation in Penrith, you know, you need that level of, you know, the opposing of level-headed. You need that level of crazy to, to kind of stem the flow. And it's, it's almost as if he came in and was like, all right, guys, Give me the fucking 17 jersey. I'll be the, the crazy motherfucker yeah. out here. And you guys all just go out and play your game. I'll just run decoy crazy bastard. And you guys run cr- normal crazy. And all of this crazy is going to mesh and we're going to win a and premiership. six tigers over the line to, you know, score a try. And I mean, I think it's... It's a tigers. It's not yeah, hard. that's true. There's like three, what, three players <laughs> at, at other clubs. <laughs> three real yeah. players, yeah. <laughs> but, um, I mean, because it is one thing to say, I don't respect you. And it's another thing to actually yeah. really not respect you. Like we saw oh, Christian yeah. Welch, who is one of the premier, you know, front, nicest yeah, guy, nicest guy, the white rhino, one of the premier yeah. front rowers in the comp, right? Like Queensland front rower, um, Australian front rower, talked about as a future captain of yeah. Melbourne, right? TPJ went after him and was 100. insanely disrespectful. And like as yeah. good as TPJ is, who is TPJ? Exactly. Like, do you exactly. know what I mean? Like compared to Christian Welch and how highly Welch is regarded, and he just did not care. And I think that just absolutely, just mentally, kind of shakes up some people. Yeah, hundred percent. No, I completely, I completely agree with you. And and as I said, when you've got all the little crazy running, you know the 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 craziness uh, in the mind of Nathan Cleary and some of the kicks that he puts in, or or the craziness in the running of Jerome Lua, you need a big bopper at mm. the front there that is just as crazy mm. that will run through a brick wall for any of your guys and as soon as he got to Penrith it was it was adamant that he was going to be doing that and and that's beautiful to come from a situation in, in Brisbane that was not going to get him anywhere that was only going to hinder his game before he got to Canterbury next year I mean the Bulldogs are masterminds here they've got they've now got two premiership winning players coming to their I mean, also club. technically Naden too. I don't know how much weight you hold there. He was 18th man this game. He's played lo- lots three. of starting, you know. Exactly, exactly. Three three premiership winning players from this year alone, and not to mention Josh Adokar, who's yeah. won two or three. You know, it's 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 insane. They, they've played this fantastic. And, um, and I mean, when it comes around to next season, we'll do we'll do a pod or, or over the off season, we're going to do a pod on every team and and where we think they're going to be projected. Some but will be shorter than others, just so you know. Yeah, yeah, the Western <laughs> Australian Tigers. That's going to be a good thirty seconds. Um, but yeah, it's it's exciting to see what's going to be happening in Canterbury, and it's just off some of the decisions that they've made in order to keep continuity within mm. their own house and continuity in other clubs. Of course, and I mean that's a big thing too. And like, I'm glad that those boys got to leave with the premiership. Like NATO after yeah. last year, what happened? It's kind of like that. That would suck to leave, and that kind of be what's remembered. 
But that's Same but, with Kate World. Exactly, like, you know, to, exactly. To go in, to go in and, and absolutely scrap and, and kill with these boys again. Mm. I'm excited for the first hit up next year, though, when they're, oh, when they're, I, playing, I, I when can, they're playing Brisbane or when they're playing Canterbury. I cannot Canterbury. wait for that. Yeah, the, the Brisbane Penrith games and I think the... The, the Bulldogs Penrith game is going to be insane because you saw what happened to whenever like Josh Mansell got the ball absolutely like destroyed destroyed and I mean yep. I think there's I think there's a bit of a difference they've won the comp with the they seem to have more of a connection to Birdo and to say Capewell but it's going to be yep. it's going to be crazy and I mean best of luck to them how Penrith rebuilds is crazy I'm sure we'll touch on that when we go through our off-season pods for each team but um you just think about it now, but either Liam Martin or William Kickout runs straight at uh, Kurt Capewell. That's going to be... Uh... Fuck, they might both do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> might have to. It's got, it's got Sorensen in there just for good measure, you know. And it's curious to see how Penrith rebuild. And, you know, I know I know there's lots of people, including, you know, higher-ups at Penrith that have a little bitch about losing players. But, I mean, that's that's part of it. I And, and yeah. I know there's so many players that complain about a team like Para or a team like South or a team like Roosters who buy players but that's okay yeah. the team ne- the league needs both you can't have yeah, all exactly. 17 players developing players otherwise how yeah. how do young players come through you kind of need teams to buy and teams to develop and come through and it's just kind of be interesting to see who who kind of steps up for Penrith next year like I think Taylor May is, mm. is an early bolter for um, for that wing position there mm-hmm. um, but I mean and that's what makes Penrith winning so much better the 13 yeah. of the 17 on game day on grand final day debuted for the club which is yeah, just that's fucking insane. insane and the guys yeah. who didn't debut they kind of pulled from other clubs that didn't really want them like Sorensen yeah yeah Capewell um, yeah I felt so good for Sorensen after last night but an- another touching on your point of like squeezing out that that um, you know the youth um, youngest guy to experience a grand final Blake Taff you got to find a way to put him into this south side next year I mean we touched on it with possibly being in the seven or, or you know convincing Latrell to go back to being a strike centre mm. um, he's you know he's got to be he's got to find a spot he's proven so much this year that he's he's a, an out and out you know full back in this league he's going to be a star and I mean I think it's going to yeah. force it's going to force south to kind of make some decisions like, I think Cody Walker's got one more year, possibly two. But if I'm him, you're starting to think your days are probably numbered there when you've got a guy who could yeah. come in and play the six and who matches the timeline of these other players. You do have to find a way to, to fit him in that squad. I just... I don't know what's going to happen. Like, I mean, mm. he seems like a great kid. And, you know, like... It, no matter what he kind of did, he was going to be like... He was, he was going to have it hard it's last night. Time. Yeah, it was always kind yeah. of borrowed time. And... I trust South to kind of find a way to fit him in their team. They've got so many juniors, and I think the next few years are going to be a few down years for them. And by down, I mean, you know, still like eight to kind of five. Down right. in the bottom of the top yeah, eight. Yeah, you know, <laughs> oh, poor South. But I think I think once yeah. they kind of have that transition over, um, I mean, next year already, like when you think about it, Adam Reynolds is their captain. He's gone. A guy like Cam Murray or Damien Cook is probably the captain next year. Uh, me personally, I'm not giving it to Damian Cook after the year that he's had. He's had such a down year, and 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 I know you know it's it's a small sample size, but for me it would be Cam Murray. Like Cam Murray mm. is arguably you know the Dalian lock, um, along with Isaiah Yo there. Though. But he's but he wasn't. Yeah, but you know it, nobody would. He's have been on upset that level. Yeah, if, he's if on he, that level. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's in that tier. You know, and and by all accounts, not saying that. You know, um, Damien Cook's not a good guy, but all but by all accounts, Cam Murray is the nicest guy in the room. Whenever he walks into a room, um, and it, you can just see the guys galvanise around him. You know, it, we've said this before: the quick play of the balls, the way that he puts the team on his back. Um, that they're all captain qualities, mm. and the guys are going to go into a scrap for him. They, they might even do moment. the co-captain thing that Penrith did this year, where it was like, depending on the day, it was a different captain. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? They might do that next year, and then kind of once those older guys like Walker and and Cook kind of get phased out, they can bring these new guys in, and hopefully, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, the future, I mean, the future is bright, as you said. A couple of quote-unquote down years in the in fifth and eighth position, but. Um, South Sydney is going to be just fine. Um, friend, of, friend of the podcast, Dave Harvey, is uh, very sad today. Yes, he's I was a, going to ask you about how South friend fan. of the pod, Dave Harvey, is doing. How, what what, what yeah. did he message you, mate? Uh, so we were messaging backwards and forwards this morning, um, and he said, you know, it was uh, it was definitely a very well hard-fought game. Um, 
You know, he's he's very much once a bunny, always a bunny. Mm. Um, and and you know, he he questions the whole six again rule and and whether it was a tackle or, or yeah. a charge down. But I mean, he's a trooper. He's he's going to take the yeah. loss like a champion. And and you know, it just it seems what that's what South have done as well. Um, now going forward in the NRL, what's uh, is there anything is there anything new? Well, what I mean, you, it was supposed to be something hearing? new. There was supposed mm-hmm. to be. Um, all accounts were going to hear about the expansion team last night, and it was going to be announced, and now we're going to we're going to say who it was. But so far, we haven't heard anything, and I don't know. I don't know if they just kind of thought it'd be better to wait till the off season. Um, Possibly, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean. Is that is that team? I mean, I'm a bit in the dark about this. Is that team coming in for 2022? Nah, or it's going to be 2023. So that's why the big thing around Wayne is that obviously in his press conference last night, he pretty much ruled out that he was going to retire. He said he had plenty of other options, and I mean, it's Wayne. So mm. it wouldn't surprise me if he just said, "Fuck you, I'm actually going to retire." I told you a lie. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he just probably did that for fun. Um, yeah. But I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if he just kind of sticks as a consultant with Souths. Until if, if they don't name anything until like next year, um, I think I think it just depends. His, his whole thing, he's waiting for them to announce it. I think the plan was kind yeah, of for, sure. for them to announce it and him to say, I'm going to go up there. And he spends a year um, getting them ready, like kind yep. of doing the recruiting, setting up how he wants, having it so, so, so soon as 2023 hits, they can kind of have the best players available, have the best facilities, have, have whatever it is they need. And I mean, I thought a big plan of that was going to be he takes the year off and does that. And then coach's origin, yeah. But I mean, that's kind of been thrown out with Billy Slater taking the job and um, and everything kind Question of. Question mark over Billy Slater as well. It says no to three years and then says yes to two. Like, what's what's that about? I don't that's know. Bit, I don't know. It's a bit red hot to me. I don't know. It did, why would you Why would you not just take the extra year? Like, what what difference does it really make? Maybe, maybe he's trying to bet on himself, or if he if he can coach well over the next two years, try and work out a larger third year for himself. I think that's a risky. Possibly risky go but you know it's yeah mm. we'll see mm. but um i don't oh, know well, i think i think yeah obviously they were me- they're meant to announce a team we're all excited for it we've got some stuff planned for when they do finally announce it mm. um, exactly yeah we do and uh keep your ears peeled for that i do ho- um, i do hope it is uh redcliffe though just my own one or the jets i don't want to do the firehawks fuck that's a shit name yeah fi- and i know it's not going to be redcliffe dolphins because they don't want to do like a suburban um, yeah. thing because that's like if they brought in Penrith nowadays it'd be greater West, it'd be like GWS Panthers or some shit yeah, like, yeah that's exactly. how they wouldn't do it suburban anymore they, they kind of they like yeah. the idea of like Sunshine State Dolphins which is kind of lame um, Sunshine yeah. Coast Dolphins stuff like that like it's not going to be Redcliffe um, yeah. and I don't know what's going to happen if it is going to be Brisbane or if it's going to be like something else for the Jets or the Firehawks yeah, so you could you could see them going maybe like a an NBL route where they did the South Melbourne, um, South Phoenix Melbourne or whatever Phoenix, you know, yeah. think like a South South Brisbane Jets or yeah. or something to that nature. But um, look, getting getting into basketball before we get there, do you have any closing statements or closing you know closing thoughts of last night? Just just hit us with it. Mate, go, it just, go I've already touched go on it, mate. It was just it was just such a good good sight to see the boys get up, and it's so great for the area. Like. Everyone's been doing it tough out there, not just during coronavirus, but for a while now. And it's just great, great to see everyone getting around the community. Like, you just walk around, you just chat to someone, you'd be like, man, how are them boys doing? And everyone knows who you're talking about. Everyone gets, everyone gets, and everyone, everyone knows mm. the guys from somewhere. You either yeah. like, you know, you know someone who played with them, you know someone who went to school with them, you hear all these stories about them, just great blokes. And like, I'm jealous that Brian Toto proposed to his missus. Why couldn't that be me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why couldn't that be me? Like that's just yeah. that's just the I love ball the meme that's going too. around. That's like, oh, will you marry me? Okay, sweet. I won't see you for four days now. Yeah, like, just, <laughs> I'm out of here. I, I, so yeah. I don't think those boys are going to bend it too hard. They don't really seem like it, except for except for a handful of alleged ones. But you know, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's just been it's just so great to see him win. And I mean, I don't care if I don't see him if this group doesn't win again. Yeah, because you've seen it happen once. You know what I mean? I've seen it happen once. If the boys can kind of, I don't know, just just st- stay amongst it for the next few mm. years, transition. Cleary's only fucking 23 years old. We can get another 10 That's years disgusting. out of this dude. Like, that shit is crazy. That's disgusting. Um, yeah. I mean, just great. Just so great for the area. Like, everyone loves it. Shout out to all the boys. Like, let's come back next year up the riff. Yeah, that's it. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, um, another thing 
that was uh, that was beautiful about today is uh, NBA is back, baby. Preseason started Pre-season. today. Let's do it. Preseason started today. It was beautiful. Um, not that much going on really. Like there's a bit of contention right now with coronavirus and the vaccinations and whatnot. Um, Kyrie Irving saying that he doesn't want to get it. Dickheads who are anti-vaxxers. Yeah, yeah, dickheads who are anti-vaxxers. I, did, I didn't want to say that I'll for say sure. Um, Kyrie Irving saying that he doesn't want to get it, but there's a lot of reports saying that Kevin Durant's basically going to pin him down and make him. Um, if he doesn't get it, he's not eligible for 44 uh, 44 games. Sorry, he can't at, then travel at minimum, with the team. I'd say because it's all yeah, going to be state minimum. mandated. So at the moment, yeah. New York's obviously mandated that he can't play there. I'm sure if, if, if one other state kind of mandates it, that's another couple he loses, um, especially yeah. if, it's, if it's in the division. Mm, if, exactly. If, yeah, if teams in his division mandate it, if Philadelphia uh, – sorry, if Pennsylvania um, – Yeah. Uh, who, else is, who else in that fucking division? Why can't I remember? Uh, Boston. Yeah, if Boston? I, I don't know if Mass- – Massachusetts might. I don't know. Uh, but if, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, like if a few states around, especially divisional rivals... Yeah, Toronto as well, yeah. yeah. I wouldn't be surprised Canada, if Toronto sure do, Canada's actually. Canada got, a, sure. got a mandate for it. Um, yeah. So, I'd, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. He's going to lose games. And, I mean, I think he should get paid for it. I think he shouldn't. Nah, I think and, he's not and, gonna, and he won't. He's forfeiting close to... At the 44 games as it is, he's forfeiting close to $18 million I as mean, it is. He, so. he will get the jab because he's a fraud. Um, he will yeah. get the jab. No, for sure, like this is what he does. He just like yeah, he just says dumb shit so people like talk about him. Talk and, about and it's him. working. And like it we're works. talking. It works. We're talking about it right now, and it disgusts me that we're talking about it and wasting our time. Like mm. th- that's what he does, and even like the flat Earth thing, and like he just wants people to talk about him, and he's a little attention seeker. And I mean, what will happen is he'll get this. He'll wait till the last possible minute. Will, will Kyrie report to training camp? Which I think he hasn't reported preseason yet, but I think he's going to wait till closer to the season and kind of be like, is he going to report? What's going to happen? Is he going to play? Is he going to lose money? And then he's he's yeah, the talk yeah. of the town for three weeks, and then he rocks up October whatever first game of the season oh my god self-righteous yeah. act Curry yeah, well, gets jabbed exactly yeah oh I actually like got jabbed there's no sweat like yeah exactly. he's, just a, fraud. Exactly. he's just a fraud man like, and he then just... you got guys on the other side of the country and Andrew Wiggins who don't want to do it for religious reasons like he's like whatever whatever religious reasons he's got but he has come it has come out recently saying that he has got it done he's got um Jab number one done. He's ready to go for preseason. Um, number two's set to obviously happen in a few weeks' time. But um, yeah, there's a couple of guys that have come out and said that they're you know there's a, there's a few memes going around. The anti-vax starting lineup is uh, Kyrie Irving, Bradley Beal. Um, at the small forward, they've got Andrew Wiggins, power forward Jonathan Isaac, and um, center was Dwight. But I mean Dwight's obviously been vaxxed. He played in preseason today, so. I don't know what the go is there, but um, yeah, it's as you said, it's just attention hungry, yeah. and, I mean, the, the and dumb, it's just sad to see. The the dumb ones are just yeah. I don't know. I just don't know what to do. Like I don't know what's happening with Porter Junior. Like pay me two hundred seven million dollars, fucking. I'll I'll inject heroin. Like I'll get the vaccine. You <laughs> know what I mean? Like Jesus Christ, mate. Like, yeah, 100%. Give me that contract. I'll whatever you want. I'll do, mate. Like <laughs> whatever you want me to put in my mate, body, I'll put yeah, in there. I'll give it a crack. Like fuck. Yeah. I don't get that. Like if if you're investing this much money into these guys. Like a guy like Jonathan Isaac, man, you're not good enough to do this. Kyrie can get away with doing this. Jonathan Ooh, Isaac, man. Bit of disrespect on Jonathan <laughs> Isaac. You know, yeah. possible, possible future defensive player of the year, Jonathan Isaac. <laughs> and if there's any Jonathan the, Isaac stands out there, feel free to at me. Yeah, at it. Do I it. Do, I'll at you. I'll, I'll jump on my personal account. I'll start at you. Don't worry about it. I am not Far worried right. at all, mate. Like, you yeah. are not good enough to... I would even argue Andrew Wiggins isn't even good enough to be doing this. Um, uh, he had a good year last year. I will I will go to bat right. for Wiggins. Yeah, okay. I'll let you have that one. Jonathan Isaac can miss me with that. But, I mean, yeah. these, these good teams or these, these teams that are kind of expecting to be up and around a championship level, kind of like Golden State, Brooklyn, even the Lakers, they're not going to let their guys not be vaccinated. Yeah. They're, they're going to do it. They're, they're they're investing money in you. They want you to play. They need you to play. Like mm, exactly. Dwight, like say what you will about Dwight, but if Dwight doesn't play, it's a big hit to the Lakers. They signed him for a reason. They didn't just sign him to hang around. Like they they yeah, want him exactly. to be productive. And Kyrie's a max guy. Like fucking play, bro. Like but he'll get yeah, vaxxed. for sure. Um, Jonathan Isaac will probably like I guess get vaxxed. Porter Jr. Mm. will get. They paid him too much to not get him to, to not be vaxxed like yeah exactly that's yeah. something they know and I think that I think there's going to be a lot of internal pressure as there should to get vaxxed like just do it like mm. like bro like I 
it's kind of a tough subject because it's like with the bronze hole thing, you don't want us to wear more than basketball players, and I get that, and I yeah. understand. But that's also a very situational thing. When it's about yeah. social issues and it's about things that you've experienced, then yes, I want to yeah. hear what you've experienced an and your exactly. expertise. I want to hear that because you know more yeah. than what the others do. And it's absolutely. But when health officials are telling you to do something for the better exactly. of mankind, exactly. fucking when do there's it. scientific evidence that directly reputes what you're saying. Yeah, that's exactly. That's the bit I don't agree with. But I mean, the yeah. majority will get facts. There might be a couple. There might be a couple of holdouts, but um, I can't imagine it's a lot. Yeah, hundred percent. All right. Well, there's not a lot of NBA going around, but I did do my I did do my fantasy draft. Do you want to hear? Do you want to hear who we got going? All right, who got going? Or do you just not care? I don't care, but you can tell me who got going. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll tell you who we got going. So, um, at my, I mean, and, and as you know, everything moves around, but I'll just tell you from, from top to bottom all the notable names that I've got. So I've, I, I was able to pick up Devin Booker. Um, I got uh, the Ant-Man himself, Anthony first Edwards. Book, first pick D-Book? Here's my second. My first pick, I wanted a center, so I took Nick Vucevic. I was supposed to take Joel Embiid, but he got snaked from me three picks earlier. Um, I would have been, I would have felt much better about myself if I took Joel Embiid. Yeah, but Nick, Vuce Nick Vucevic. First, I mean, if you can pick up, if you can pick up Devin Booker and Vuce as a one-two, it's not as horrendous. So this is what they project. This is what they project Nick Vucevic to average this year: twenty-three points per game, close to a steal and a block a game, close to four assists a game, over eleven rebounds a game, and to average splits of about forty-eight percent, eighty-three and a half from uh, from the free throw line, and to hit two and a half threes per game. So, and I'm sure I'm assuming that that's probably at like a high thirties, low forties clip. Um, that that's not bad. I'll I'll take that if he can give me that or, yeah. or stuff around there. I'd just there, much rather I'll, have Joel Embiid, but I mean, there's all shit going on with the Sixers. So who knows what's happening there? Not only that, but like, when was the last time Joel Embiid played 82 games? Yeah, no, that's fair. And Nick Vucevic plays 82 games a lot of the time. So, so yeah. So I've got. Um, I don't know. Uh, enough, I don't actually know enough to re- like refute that. So I'm just gonna say sure. <laughs> <laughs> if we're wrong, it's just because uh, I'm too lazy to look up Vucevic games that's played. It. That's it. Um, so probably my out and out best point guard is uh, Terry Rozier. He's uh, he's helped me in another league a lot. So I, I had to go and grab him. Um, my first rookie that I picked up, Jalen Green. That's a good I'm pick. Up. He's, gonna get some, he's gonna get some stats. I think. I don't know if they'll be the, the most. Guy, I don't think they'll be the most efficient stats, but who's going to get them? No, nah, but the other guy in Houston that's going to get just as many stats. I picked up as well, Kevin Porter Jr. Ooh. That backcourt is going to be on fire. I cannot wait. Um, I picked up your boy Grayson Allen as well. Nice. After talking about how he's going to have such a good year in uh, in Milwaukee, and yeah, just a couple of other like really, really good young pieces like Keldon Johnson, uh, Darius Baisley. I expect to have a really good year. Cam Reddish, Eric Paschal, and I needed a point guard. Right at the end. Who'd you so go? Who do you reckon I took? I have no fucking clue. Who'd you go with? Cult hero between the fifth and dribble boys. Oh, is it? He's playing in Canada. <laughs> you he goes by the nickname of the dragon. You know, yeah, I, I had to take. You got to take Rajan. the dragon, mate. We, I had to take the dragon, mate, baby. The, the, this is a pro dragon pod. This one, I would 100%. never hear any dragon slander. Hundred <laughs> percent. Um, St. George of the Water Dragons were were all no, for that slander, slander, but, uh, but not Goran, no, not, not Goran Dragic. the Dragon, not Dragic. the Dragon, and that goes yeah. for Zoran or Goran. Yeah, exactly. No Love both slander. those boys. Love both those boys. Um, <laughs> but yeah, also because we're in a keeper league, I took a bit of a stash, took a bit of a punt, and picked up Kawhi Leonard as well in the tenth round. Ooh, that is a pretty yeah, good. Yeah, so he's going to sit on my he's going to sit on my injury bench until next year. Well, who they are saying actually he might play from February onwards. So. So yeah, so be a I mean, your little pick if he does. Yeah, the. Uh, do you have a good team fantasy, name? Uh, yeah, I do. I think I do. Go on now. What is it? The Borco Bundes. No, no, you can miss me with that one. Oh, come <laughs> on. you can miss me with that one. Come on. Do you want to hear? Do you want to hear the team names? I know. I know you're a fiend for team nah, names. No, I only want to hear good team names. So if they're shit, don't even don't even bother. Okay. Well. Um, <laughs> for, Friend of the friend of the podcast, uh, Dave Harvey, the Coston Beltics. See, that's a good team um, name. That's a good. T- I like that oh, one. Wow. Okay. Um, music man, Timmy boy. Uh, he's fantastic, Mr. Fox, because he was able to snag De'Aaron See, Fox in the I, second round. That, that's the type of team names that are good when you pun a player on your team. Yeah. Look, I, I will probably change it from the. Oh, maybe I'll make it Booker's Bundes. Yeah, I might have to make a book as Wonders. Um, what else have we got? Um, well, 
The, another another great landmark near our area. We've got the Hillside Hooligans as well. Nah. Miss me with that Miss one. Miss me with that Ooh. one too. Um, yeah, and we've got, uh, we've got the Newcastle Knights in our league as well. That was uh, that was different. That is when different. I was looking through. That's different, but yeah. that's all right. That is what it is. Yeah. So uh, everything else is is you if know. If you've got you, any suggestions for Matt stuff. for his horrible team name, hit us up. Not a horrible team dribble, name, but yeah. And <laughs> dribble. Yeah, hit, hit us up if the yeah, boy needs if, some good uh, ideas. Yeah. If if you've got a, if you've got a good fantasy team name, hit me up and uh, and we'll go from there. It's too there. late to help him with the draft. We can help him with his team name though. Don't need to help me with the draft. I'm, I'm predicting a championship right here. Right here, right now, I'm predicting a championship. I got a good mix. I got a good mix of talent. I compared it to my one in my other fantasy league. I'm better at that. And that that team got me third. So, um, Second you know, here I'm predicting come. it. I'm predicting a, um, nah, I'm predicting a, a win here. Well, a win we'll this have year. to get some updates. Stay tuned. Sporadically. This is not a fantasy yeah. podcast. Yeah, this is not, <laughs> this a, is fantasy not a fantasy podcast. podcast. We do not have um, the time to make this... <laughs> The reason that we do sprinkle it in now is that our next episode is going to be an NBA preview podcast with, as we said, friend of the podcast, Dave Harvey. We're very excited to do very that. Very excited. Um, so that'll be in your ears on Thursday. Please stay tuned for that. We're going to be covering the Eastern Conference, every single team. We're going to be going through a list of questions of where we think they're going to end up, best buys, blah, blah, blah. Um any any hot tips, any spoilers that you can throw in there, Lachlan, that um, you know, you're know you excited for an Eastern Conference in the NBA this year? No, I think I'm not going to give people free content. Listen to our shit next week. <laughs> Stop trying to give Listen me give shit week, away, yeah. mate. Like, come oh, on, sorry, man. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Dave Harvey, we're excited, man. Um, yeah, as Matt said, Eastern Conference this episode, Western Conference the next. Yep. Um, yeah. Very good. So and I mean, don't worry. If you're here strictly for NRL content, we are going to be still bringing out NRL content. We've got a whole bunch of things lined up. Um, we'd love to. We'd love to hear if you've got any ideas as well. Slide into the DMs for um, for question time. We may not run question time this week, but it will make a resurgent return uh, in the next coming weeks. Just, just because there's so much NBA stuff time. to go into. Just means we're yeah, gonna have we're gonna have thick. a thick boy. Yeah. Hundred um, percent. But yeah, I mean, we will touch on the NRL with what happens. I mean, NRL is a 365 a day a year sport when you include the off season. Sometimes 100%. more entertaining than the actual season. So we will be uh, keeping, especially for a Cowboys yes, fan. Yes, we'll be keeping you posted um, about what happens there when they do announce the. Well, if they announce the 17th team, um, any big signings, Wayne, Benji, those kind of guys who are still out there on the market. Um, but yeah. That's it. Beautiful plugs. Let's oh, actually, do it. one more one more thing Hold before on, we go. Sterlo's last game on Channel 9. Oh, yeah. What's uh, what, what are our thoughts here? Um, I love Sterlo. I think he's a great announcer. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, sadly missed. Growing up, obviously, we're aware of the age where he was... He was on TV for our entire watching history, you know what I mean? Like, I don't remember ever yeah. watching before he was around. Um, he was OG on the anti-ads and Daryl Broman and those boys. Like, he was just, yeah, he was just synonymous with the NRL for so many years. Um, I've heard he's still doing the Triple M stuff with um, Dan Ganane. Um, yep, so that's good. Perfect. But he's definitely going to step back from Channel 9, and it's going to be curious to see who they get in to fill that spot. Yeah, I mean, they're... they're big ass shoes to fill mm. Stola was yeah he's he's been one of the voices of rugby league for us as you said for our entire lives and, and listening to our parents as well just as good of a player as what mm. he was a, a, a commentator so um, surely will be missed um, I'll just have to when lockdown ends drive a lot more and listen to Triple M mm. we'll do they have good coverage actually I don't mind Triple M yeah 100% they do have great coverage alright well that being said any other closing statements, my friend? No, I or am good. good. I am good. I'm off for a nap soon, I think, man. I'm still knackered after the game. Yeah, you and me both. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm ready for a nap. Maybe maybe some mindless uh, NBA 2K or something like that. But with that, we will leave you with it. At Fifth and Dribble on Instagram and on Twitter. Anchor.fm slash Fifth and Dribble. And we will catch you in the next one.